1: home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad.
2: All right, here's what's going on early in the third. Boston and Montreal 1-1. Also in the third, Panthers and Penguins 4-4. Kings and Flyers 3-3. Start of the third, Wild and Lightning 2-2. Sharks and Red Wings 2-2. A lot of tied games. Not in New Jersey. Golden Knights now up 2-1. On the Devils, Carlson has his 11th. That's late in the second period. Early second period, Sabres all over the Blues. They're up 4-0 there. Second period, Jets leading the Predators 1-0. And as I look up at the old television here, the Panthers have just scored 15-50 left in the third. So they lead the Penguins 5-4. Coming up later tonight, three games, including the Blackhawks and the Canucks. Rick Tocket makes his Canucks debut behind the bench, replacing Bo- uh, Bruce Boudreaux. And Luke Philp, the former U of A Golden Bear, will become the 15th... Golden Bear alum to play in the National Hockey League as he will suit up for Chicago. That is pretty cool. Oilers, Blue Jackets tomorrow, six o'clock face-off show. It's a seven thirty game. Actually, I think it's going to start uh, probably closer to seven fifty. One of those Wednesday night hockey games, but six o'clock face-off show and uh, game after seven thirty here on six thirty chat seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kellen, I was uh, somewhat embarrassed. I felt shame. You feel ashamed. We had a uh, listener, I forgot his name, from Birchwood. Doyle in Birchwood. All right. And I did not know where Birchwood is. (laughs) <laughs> Where is it? Well,
1: we, back? we asked around the newsroom too, and that's a, we were trying to find it on a map as well. But he did text in and said Birchwood is near Lindale, which is about 25 miles east of Drayton Valley, and of course, it is home to the fabulous Village Golf Course in Birchwood. So, shout out to everybody in Birchwood tonight. Hope you are doing well. All right. Well,
2: may, Doyle may be the uh, only one listening. So there. Oh, there's the. Okay, now I'm looking on Google Maps. Uh, we, there's the Village Golf Course. All right. Well, some place we'll have to visit, Kellen.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely for sure.
2: So that is all right. So it's this. It's, so it's this side of Drayton Valley. I'm surprised I did not know where that is. I feel a little bit embarrassed because, for a small portion of my childhood. Now I was pretty young, so I guess maybe I didn't know the geography that well. lived uh, We lived near Alder Flats, mm-hmm. south of Drayton Valley. And then, uh, obviously, I grew up in Evansburg, which is north of Drayton Valley. So this uh, Birchwood, a little bit east of Drayton Valley.
1: Well, it was funny during the news break there, we had a bunch of uh, text messages come in uh, basically saying that Birchwood is also a very common name for some subdivisions that have been built <laughs> in both Edmonton and Calgary Yeah, I as suppose well it's probably
2: Birchwood. So. Well, and, and <laughs> didn't someone
1: say it was in Shore Park? Yes. Isn't, er- yeah, isn't
2: the- every street... A neighborhood in Sherwood Park named after a tree? Yes, that's correct. Or, some, or some sort of, I guess, after a tree. I don't mm-hmm. go to Sherwood Park ever since Jack Michaels moved there. But, yeah, everything – well, maybe it's not – everything in sherwood park but a lot is it is it every it can't be everything they'd run out of trees wouldn't they yeah uh, they'd run out of tree names after a while
1: jason texted in and said sherwood park is pretty easy birchwood is in the trees just look for the district where all the streets are named after trees okay so (laughs) (laughs) okay well i just zoomed in on
2: a random neighborhood in sherwood park brentwood so they have Okay, so this one has a lot of birds. Raven Drive, Flamingo Drive, Starling Drive, Jay Court or Crescent, Eagle Drive, Robin Street, Lark Street, Cardinal Place. I sense a theme. Okay, so now we got a the bird neighborhood. Well, now the plot thickens when it comes to <laughs> Sherwood Park. This is really... Now we got to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. So is it all trees and animals that might live in or occupy trees? <laughs> Okay, here's a part of Sher- Sherwood Heights, dogwood, evergreen, cypress, mm-hmm. pine, conifer, hazel, sage, holly, sycamore, juniper, fir, where there's a birch avenue. People in Sherwood Park are listening and are like, say my neighborhood, say my neighborhood, Wilkins. <laughs> why Why is there no love for, uh, I don't even know any neighborhoods in Sherwood Park. <laughs> Instead of name that animal, Charlton name Heights. that tree tonight. Hey, <laughs> hey, if you're listening in Charlton Heights in Sherwood Park, you get a canned ham. We're going to airdrop a bunch. Of, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna send a bunch of drones over Charlton Heights in Sherwood Park and drop a bunch of canned hams down.
1: Ah, <sighs> uh, yes, the uh, 640 Ched drone force. I, I, I
2: feel a that. little bit ashamed about how little I know about Sherwood Park. I'm probably offending the community. I don't even know where Jack Michael's lives. Nor <laughs> do I want to, hey, frankly.
1: It's more curiosity. I mean, than Baseline
2: else. isn't a tree. That's those are the names it's I could. It's a road. <laughs> yeah, well, Baseline and Y Road, those are the two roads I would have known in Sherwood Park. Yes, of course. Um, all right, so it's not all trees in Sherwood Park, but there are, we so far we got trees and birds. Looks like there's stuff named after people. Well, that's fascinating. We, I guess we need a short Park history lesson. <laughs> well, not a history lesson, a modern-day lesson, because I'm not talking about how the city used to look. I'm talking about how it looks now. All right, what were we talking about? Oh, Birchwood. Uh, yes, okay. Birchwood. Yes. Doyle and Birchwood, you're the man. That's awesome. Thank, mm-hmm. We'll try to do our show out there someday and come up with some sort of TV show that can be set there. Does so that sound like a plan? I'm to ask you something. We'll, we'll get to Kelly Rudy here in about six or seven sure. minutes uh, after the break. Uh, I, okay, I, I have to ask you this, Kellen. Okay. Because I, I can't help myself because I'm, I, I – first of all, I admire your passion. And I'm and I'm also a little bit fascinated oh, oh. by it for for <laughs> WWE. Okay, yes. was last night some sort of milestone show for Monday Night Raw?
1: It was. It was the 30th anniversary of Monday Night oh, Raw. How time has flown. Yes, there we go. It made its debut so, in 1993. So what
2: so did so they do go. to celebrate the anniversary? If you can sum it up.
1: Uh free hour special. Not a lot really to write home about or, or talk. They just had a bunch of legends come out and and uh, you know do a bunch of skits and and presentations with with the current. Was there a title?
2: Roster? About was about was the belt on the line?
1: Uh, there was a United States title match on the line, and uh, to be honest with you, Reed, I can't give you the result because I haven't watched it yet. So, <laughs> Oh, no spoilers, everybody. I'm Do about, not text Kellett spoilers. It, it's last a three-hour show. I'm about two hours and 30 minutes in. so, oh, so you got to watch the finale. That's the last match I have to watch, yes. All right. That is uh,
2: awesome. And to everybody in Sherwood Park, you are loved. I see you. Kelly Rudy coming up.
0: inside sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by james h brown and associates alberta injury lawyers the heavy
2: hitters of injury law Okay, he joins us every week on the show, presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now broadcaster, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. Reading yourself?
2: Well, it's a it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I, I am doing okay. I uh, enjoyed uh, listening to your work last night. I guess I didn't really see much of the first period because my show was kind of wrapping up and then i drove home but picked it up kind of into the second period and heard the the booze for goudreau and i I thought kelly saw a game that uh now calgary got the two points but man oh man i I thought they were pretty dominant against the blue jackets most of the night
0: yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'd say most of the night. I, I think Daryl Sutter said it best yesterday morning when he kind of said, and I'm paraphrasing, something like, uh, we're, we still haven't played a 60-minute game yet. So they're still searching for for it. Uh, I If I you know the way i kind of read it read the last month or so they've been getting closer to it and there there are times where i feel like they're inching closer and then they might take a step backwards like they're they're lost last wednesday at home to colorado no you know colorado they were amazing that night but calgary now having said that they had been first game back on a after like a 12-day road trip or something so there's that uh played a part of it as well but you know they're they're a, a really good team that they're still trying to find themselves and maybe that's a good thing because it's late january and you still have what two and a half months until the playoffs start and so if you you continue to improve which they have been maybe that's a good thing
2: were you, as someone who covers the team, and you would have got to know him a little, little bit over the years, was there something in 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 it for you that Goudreau was coming back? I mean, again, the fans, of course, have fun with with the booing and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, what did what did you think of his his return and some of the hype around it?
0: It was good. It was exciting. Uh, I wasn't on the Flames road trip when they visited Columbus, and I, from what I understand, Johnny wasn't very good and. I heard from some people maybe a little bit nervous, but I went to the morning skate yesterday and I listened in in the presser uh, uh, when he met with us and he looked like in a really good mood. And and so I was kind of thinking he's going to have a great night and he did. And it's really good on him. You know, I've watched him for what those full eight years and I've watched him really uh, grow up and mature and you know he's a guy that enjoys doing the media now which he didn't I think he was very uncomfortable early on so I've watched a lot of growth in in his game and in, off the ice and I was just really happy for him you know so the booing there's no question you knew that was going to happen in particular by the way that he left but you know there was also a moment in the first tv timeout when they did the video of course to welcome him back and it was a really heartfelt standing ovation. The fans still here did recognize, you know, whatever you make of how he left, and that's up to everybody else to personally decide. It's not for me to tell you. But he did everything asked of him when he was aflame. I mean, he he performed. He did everything. Uh, you, I can't ever think of a time where I thought, man, is he ever dogging it? And so the fans recognized that. They gave him the ovation that he deserved, and then they got on him the rest of the time, every time he touched the puck. But he was a dominant player. I, I think uh, he had two assists. He hit the posts. Uh, he had a penalty shot um they almost scored the game winner on that deflection so there was a lot to admire and uh but it was a good game columbus uh you you will see them tomorrow and they they put in a, an honest effort
2: well which sometimes when teams are doing poorly you you, you wonder if they're fully engaged right so, yep. so 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 that's that's good i mean i think the order has got to not worry about where they are in the standings and just go out and play their game, so to speak, because the weather has been doing pretty well lately, including a win over Vancouver right. on the weekend, which was Boost Boudreaux's final game as the coach of the Canucks, which we knew was coming. Kelly, every NHL franchise ha- has probably had a moment or two that if you look back, they would say, I wish we would have handled that better. Yeah. Despite that, everybody I talk to says they've never really seen something exactly like this boudreaux slash situation. I'm yeah. wondering your take on it and if it at all reminds you of anything that you would have seen or experienced.
0: Nothing even close. Uh, and I've been around this game, just to put it in proper context, Reed, uh I've been either directly or indirectly paid from the National Hockey League or working as a broadcaster since 1980. September of 1980, I got drafted in the summer. I signed my first contract with the Islanders in 1980. So I'm going back a lot of years where, like I said, either directly as a player or indirectly as a broadcaster. And I've been around this game forever, and I've never seen anything so uncomfortable in my life and it was unfair to bruce and his family and that's a good man and you don't do that to a good person i pointed out i know you were working saturday but i pointed out uh in our first intermission how bizarre it was that the night before they had their hockey talks uh and so bruce is standing in front of their backdrop with the hockey talks uh, uh logo and yet which hockey talks is promoting the discussion about mental wellness right and then you have your head coach right there and you're doing this to an employee that just it made no sense to me that they couldn't even understand that concept how wrong it was and so it you know i hope they've learned from it i don't know if they have but you know or i don't know if they care but it, it was just so poorly done and nobody deserves to be put in that situation like bruce
2: Yeah, it it was strange, and I know Jim Rutherford apologized about it when they came out and hired Tockett. It was just, that's what makes, and I'm not trying to disparage Rutherford. I mean, he's done Uh -uh. what he's done in the game, but it it just seems like an odd thing for him to be involved in, given his stature and history in the game.
0: Yeah, he's, he's a good man too. Like I've known Jim for a lot of years and, and I like him. I don't know how this thing got so out of control. And, and like you said, you know, uh, every organization has things that they regret and wish they didn't uh, behave in that way or if they would have taken a different course of action. So there's that. But I just I've not seen it quite like this, and that that was the the thing that really bothered me the most.
2: Yeah, Kelly Brody joining us then on Inside Sports. Okay, so some fun uh, a fun topic here. The orders have won six straight. Vincent DeHarnay, who you can't miss. I call him an octopus <laughs> out there. Jay uh, Jay Woodcroft had a good line saying that it's like opposing players trying to skate through seaweed when he's out there. I like that, <laughs> you know, six, seven or six, six and three quarters, whatever they list him as Uh, tall guy, long reach. And we're learning too. He can play a little bit mean too. Uh, right. So I'm wondering, um, I wonder if you have a story, and I don't know if it's going to be a funny one or whatever about a, a tall guy that you played with or against, or a guy with, long reacher who was a bit of an octopus himself out there
0: oh yeah i go back to the my end of my career in la we had a guy by the name of matt johnson and matt was just a wonderful human being but he was kind of a, a project also and, and and he wasn't quite as big as day harney's six five and I'd have to say back then there was more of an awkwardness to the big guys, whereas you know you're seeing more big guys that can play now. And of course, Char is the uh, the the guy that everybody thinks of when you think of big, tall guys that can play. But um, it, it's just interesting how these guys are so good now. Like I think Zadorov in Calgary, he, he's six six, and somebody saw something in DeHarnay. Because what was he drafted in 2016 and seventh round?
2: Yeah, like then, yeah, way yeah. deep in the draft and a long time ago, relatively speaking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I'm sure their their question was, well, we see something in this guy. He must have pretty good hockey sense. And there's that physical element you're talking about. But they're probably thinking, boy, if only we could help him with the skating, or if we can get him to work on that, because that's the thing with all big guys, but you know, I just think it's really cool how hard these guys have to work to get to the National Hockey League because that size, you know, they're not the most graceful always, but it's well-earned and well-deserved.
2: He w- he had a great media scrum yesterday and he was asked about playing with a bit of an edge and, and I mean, he went after Kucherov, he doesn't care and he just said, "Well, I waited 10 years to get here. I'm not. I don't want to go. I don't want to go away. So if he's got to right. cross check the stars, he'll, he'll do it. And and he also said, you know, I want the other team to know that's my goalie. That's the front of my net, and and I right. don't want you there. As a goaltender, how much did those guys mean to you? That maybe you covered the puck in are right in front of you, or they're pushing a guy, you know, as far away from you as possible.
0: Oh I love those guys and luckily for me in the era I played in I had a lot of them right and so there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, not only incidental contact but there was full-on contact when I contact when I played goal and uh, people remember that how the goalies back then we were punished but you know we gave out a lot of punishment as well like we hacked and whacked guys in front but my my best friends definitely were the guys that uh, stood up for me. And, uh, and oh, man, there was some of the battles. Well, you even think just most recently – uh, when Chris Pronger played for in the NHL, but for the Oilers and the, the job he did protecting his goalies and how he would whack and hack every single shift. And, you know, there's always those accidental high sticks he would take on guys. And there was a meanness to his game, and and uh, it's rare now. But if you can do it, good on you.
2: I like how you say that, accidental. Some guys are good at right? doing that, eh?
0: <laughs> yep. And, and Pronger might have been one of the best in the history of the game that where, you know, he had pretend it was a, a wrist shot and the follow through and hit somebody up in the face or in the shoulder area. Yeah, he was awesome at that.
2: All right. Well, Kelly, this was uh, no tall order to have you on the show again, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for doing this. Awesome. Okay, Reed.
0: Have a great week, my friend.
2: Will do. That is Kelly Rudy checking in courtesy Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian. Store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca as we cover off uh, big guys, Boudreaux. And Blue Jackets, who are going to be here in Edmonton tomorrow to play your Edmonton Oilers. Okay, so we've we've learned that it's not all tree names in Sherwood Park. So that's clarified. That's that's important, Kellen. We have learned something tonight, which is part of our goal every day. Infotainment. <laughs> okay. i not get carried away. <laughs> uh, tell you what we're going to do. We'll uh, wild game going on between the Panthers and the Penguins. We'll tell you what's going on there, and uh, some significant basketball news in our city today as well.